to another episode of Conversations with N, a haven where we discuss thoughts and topics on personal development and faith. Today's episode is pretty special. One, because it has a guest feature, yay! And two, the topic is one that I felt is long overdue. To be honest, it's something I really knew that I wanted to discuss, but I just wasn't sure how I was going to approach it. But before I get into that, I'd like to introduce my guest. I first met Lydia when we were in a student organization while in university. Over time, as we got to know each other, we started to become pretty good friends. There are two things I truly admire about Lydia. One is her faith. This girl, man, like she really inspired me to take my Christianity and my faith seriously. And two, her writing. Lydia is an amazing writer that will not only capture your attention with her eloquence, but with her hard-hitting truths that have a way of leaving you thinking. You know those people who just have a way of making you, like, ponder. Let me not even use thinking, but ponder once you've read. Lydia is that person. You can catch up with her on her blog, Thursday Unfiltered, and on Instagram at Lydia.Odur. Hi, Lydia. Hello. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor. Like It's so exciting. I mean, it's my very first time to be in a podcast and it is, it is exciting. Like, I really can't wait to just have this conversation with you. I'm so excited to have you as well because you've actually written something about this. And I remember reading that blog post and thinking, like literally I was just like, wow. You know, there's some, there are very few people who can leave me thinking, like actually thinking after I've read something. So yeah. you're one of those people. When I read that post, I was like, okay, okay, this is something that I definitely want to pick up on some, yeah. at some point. So yeah. I'm I mean, like, I'm glad it did. I'm glad it had that impact because I feel like it's a conversation that people need to be having. It's something that we need to create a language around and not pretend like nothing is going on. Um, so I'm really, I'm really glad it had that impact and I hope that someone else read that and it had the same impact as well. Yeah. So before we get into it, we're going to do something called the quick fire round. And uh-huh. basically, I'm just going to shoot random sentences or phrases at you, about five uh-huh. of them. Okay. And whatever comes to mind, just say it. It's my All way right. of introducing my listeners. Wait, introducing you to my listeners and the other way around. Yeah. Okay. So, favorite binge food? Um, nuts. I love nuts, especially honey-coated out-of-Africa nuts. Oh, my gosh. Those are so pricey. They're so expensive, but they're really nice. They're amazing. They're to die for. It's the... Is it the whitish packet? The whitish... Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it is. Cashew nuts, specifically, they're Mm -hmm. really good. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, um, Podcast that you're loving at the moment... Hmm, actually, I have quite a number. Let me just give one. two. No, one. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, um, it's, I have to say something you should know. It's just mm-hmm. basically about things that you should know. It could be about personality. It could be about 
why you spend so much on stuff that are low prices like really amazing facts i i feel like everyone should get on it it's it's a podcast that everyone mm. should definitely listen to it's amazing and who is it by um can't quite remember yeah can't quite, but it's it's um i don't know how else to describe it it has like a light bulb thing you know something you should know yeah it's pretty cool yeah. it's pretty cool yeah it sounds pretty cool i'm definitely going to look for that because you, should, realize you can't uh-huh. live in the world without knowing something like yeah. you just can't. <laughs> yeah um, definitely yeah. <laughs> go to vas so my go to vas always is and i think this has just been for this year mm-hmm. it's Psalms 27 and it says i remain confident of this i shall see the goodness of the lord in the land of the living And for me, why it's like the verse of the year? It's because, I mean, the days I'm just like, does God really exist? And that verse gives me so much hope to know that God is good and regardless mm-hmm. of what's going on, He remains good. Yeah. So, I think that verse has really spoken to me, especially this year. Yeah. I think that's a pretty good verse. Like this year, I've really challenged myself. Actually, like the better, like the past maybe three months. I yeah. realized that here I am claiming to be a Christian and I can't even yeah. quote a verse. Yeah. And you know, yeah. there's so many of us who are like that. So, yeah, that's very true. So I was just like, no, you can't be here claiming to love the Lord and you're like, yeah. I love the Lord, I'm doing everything and I can't even say something from his book. It's just it's ridiculous. True. Yeah. Actually, it's true. You can't be a Christian without a Bible, and that's what I learned. Mm-hmm. Because everything that we need to know, and everything that we need to do, and how we are supposed to live our lives, yeah. it's all in the Bible. So if you don't read it, then how exactly are we existing as Christians? That's so true. Like I started this um, what is it called devotion? Yeah. In one year, and also- yeah. I remember oh, when devotion was like one year, like yeah, it's for one year. Uh-huh. <laughs> are you how are you managing? Like, are you consistent? No, I'm not. I struggle. <laughs> like, I think I'm on. Like lately, I've really tried for the past two yeah. months. I've really tried, mm-hmm. but when I started, it was hard because there's a time I know I went. Like, I didn't read it for like two weeks. Oh yeah yeah. And yeah. you know when you don't read it, then you kind of forget. But when yeah. you go back into it, you're like, yeah. why was exactly. it? Yeah. And what I've been learning lately is that there's nothing new happening in this world. Like everything. Like when you read the stuff that's hap- that was happening in the Old Testament, you're just like, there's nothing new that's happening now. Yeah, there isn't really anything new. That's really true. It's just how we handle things. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So, the other thing is your favorite mm-hmm. song of the moment. My favorite song. Yeah. I want to say James Arthur Prisoner, but I feel like I listen to this and regret. Mm-hmm. It's actually James Arthur. I think it's called Empty Space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's that. that it's it's a, it's an amazing song. I remember the first time I heard it, and I was just like, what? You know how you replay a song over and over again. You're walking it on repeat. Yeah. yeah I'm the person. I'm the person who like when I like a song, it's just going to be the only thing I'm playing. 
And yeah. every time I listen to it, it's new for me. It doesn't yeah. end. I'm going to be, I feel like I'm that irritating person who, if you live with, you'll be like, I don't like, I don't like it when she's listening to music because she just, she overdoes it. That's me. Yeah. I'm that person yeah. who never do it. Then after like two weeks, I'm like, okay, I'm done with this song. Yeah. <laughs> Until years later, like, oh, wait, this song. Yeah. But then again, there's someone who does not replay a song that they don't like. Because if you don't, that's simple. Like, how do you not listen to a song you like? How <laughs> <laughs> is it sinful? It's really strange, don't you think? It's strange if you're not replaying a song that you really like. It's true. It's weird. But you know, there's some people who like they listen to it, but then they don't want to like over listen to it. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, they have great discipline and like self control. Like yeah. for me, I'm just like, you know what? It's fine. It's going to be the only song being played. It's okay. I make peace. That's me. I listen to it until school. I just like I can't. I'm a <laughs> I'm one hundred of the house. I'm just like no. <laughs> yeah, it's you listen true. to this until you get used to it. Yeah. Okay, and then to end on this awesome favorite things part, uh-huh. the mm-hmm. best advice you've ever received. Oh, the best advice. Yeah. Um, this actually came recently, um, and it was just a little bit of background. So I was at a point where I was so overwhelmed because, I mean, like I was doing a lot of stuff and getting a lot of work done but at the end of the day I was unfulfilled and I was overwhelmed um, and I don't know if someone told me or if I conveniently read it but I remember it was don't prioritize your schedule schedule your priorities and I was just like what um, and that it just basically means that there are times when we look at the things we need to do and we do them and we don't consider what's the priority so instead, look at the priorities and then put that to the list. Instead of looking at the list and then doing what's on the list. And it completely changed everything because now um, I'm more intentional about what it is I do, um, what it is I want to do, um, what is supposed to be done at a particular time, to the point where I even prioritize people. Like I'm like, no, I don't really want to hang out. It's fine. We're not going to hang out. Um, and it's really... It's, it's so refreshing because at the end of the day, I feel better. I feel I might not have done so much, but what I've done brings me so much. Yeah, at the end of the day, um, to me, then that's what matters. Just learning to schedule my priorities and not. That's yeah. really like yeah, the world, yeah. Especially the whole aspect of even prioritizing people because you'll find that I feel like when you're younger well we yeah so let me not say when you're younger it's not like we're 30 (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know like you think it's so old (laughs) but technically well okay we're like in our early going to like mid 20s so technically we are approaching that 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 zone yeah yeah like when you're younger it's harder for you to say no to people yeah well to be at a point where you're like I can't hang out with you at this point. And it's not mm-hmm. you, but it's because I need to pro- like preserve my energy. I need to be myself. I need to like just be me right now and do me. Yeah, It's such a critical thing. Because people can drain your energy. I feel like if, if the... Huh, things can drain your energy, but people... 
Yeah. It sucks the life out of you. It's true. That's yeah. really true. And it also comes with just being firm. Yeah. And just being no and not feeling the need to now go around and explain yourself and justify why you're saying no. To just be like, it's no. And it's not a no because everyone says it should be a no, but it's a no because for me, it's a no. And I think it's important to understand why you do the things that you do. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, back on. Well, that was fun. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, and you know, the bit now is like, what is she going to ask? <laughs> like, oh, but yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty yeah. fun. I wasn't going to like ask some crazy things. <laughs> Thank you. I have to be nice because the next yeah. day I invite you, you shouldn't be scared, you know. You shouldn't be Oh scared. yeah, yeah. Definitely a comfortable seat space. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Back to today's topic. Okay. And it's going to just basically be a continuation of your blog post, which was mm-hmm. titled The Church is an unrecognizable is unrecognizable as a member of Christ's body. And a couple yeah. of things that I really liked from your post was how raw it was. Let me start with that. Because mm-hmm. it's not easy to be honest about Christianity and to be honest about religion. I feel yeah. like the more I noticed, the more I got into religion, or rather mm-hmm. when I became saved, it's very easy to dance around issues. Yeah, that's very true. Get into it. So when your blog post literally just pointed it out and it was like, you know what? This is what's happening. I don't like it and I'm just going to say it. That's yeah. I really appreciated that. And the one thing, the one statement I really loved, and I'm just going to quote it verbatim, the church needs to wake up and learn how to engage the world and share the love of Christ and the truth he taught without shaming those who don't share in the same beliefs. Share the gospel of salvation and not the do's and don'ts of religion. Address issues that speak to everyone and not a select few so that everyone can live in the fullness that Christ promised. Can we just take a minute to appreciate that part? Oh, are you really feeling my ego? I'm just like... Don't go walking around and you're like, mm-hmm, yeah. I'm <laughs> <No>, just kidding. <laughs> but seriously, that paragraph in itself, like even if you scrap out everything else, it captures yeah. where yeah, the is at right now. Yeah. And so if we're to start from there, mm-hmm. talk about the church and the youth. Personally, I feel like yeah. the youth, I don't know, I feel like the youth is pretty disconnected from the church. And there are a lot of people, like when I go to church, I look around and I'm like, why is the night, because I go to Nairobi Baptist, and I'm like, Mm -hmm. this is the 9 a.m. service packed. Mm -hmm. The teen service is barely struggling to be full. And it's not that teens are not there. It's not like people are not there. They're there. But people would much rather stay at home, sleep in, Mm-hmm. Then come to church. Yeah, and that's true. Yeah. So, what what do you think could be the problem? Um, you know, actually, what prompted that article was a series of things. Yeah. Um, I remember watching a YouTube video of um, one of the very many YouTubers, and she was talking about. Let me just say, she was talking about masturbation, 
And I remember as I was listening, I was cringing at everything she was saying until she mentioned mm-hmm. that she, when she first started, she did approach people in the church. And how she put it was that she got a lot of condemnation and rebuke. And ever since that day, she never went back to church. Mm-hmm. So, and then again, I remember at the office and we were talking just a random conversation in the morning. Um, and one of my colleagues said, I simply don't go to church because of how people are in church. It's just not warm. It's not welcoming. Yeah. Um, and then another colleague said, I just stopped going to church in Kosovo. And I was just like, wait a minute, what's going on? Um, and I was just like, just be honest with yourself. Even from a personal point of view, I'm not entirely comfortable in church. Um, and that brought about a lot of, I don't know, it just, it's it's disappointing to say the least. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of, the church is really good at portraying perfection. It's really good at portraying um, the people in church are people who, one, are not insecure, two, do not have suicidal thoughts, three, are making it in life, four, how dare you struggle when Jesus is alive. I mean, like, Jesus is great and all, but hmm. this portrayed a situation where in Christ or in ourselves, because we are Christians, we're righteous, and that's not the case. It's it's through Christ that we are made righteous. Yeah. But it just become a very unwelcoming environment. You can't seek refuge in the church, honestly. And I I I know the intentions of the church are good, but I feel like the approach is what is is wrong. Um how they've approached situations, how they've addressed situations affecting the youth. Um, and basically how they put out the message. Um, and to me, it's like, there's a problem. There's really a problem. And the worst part of it all is that the church is not seeing that there's a need to change course and just address things differently. And that to me was just so disappointing. And also even the church I go to, I remember I moved, I literally moved from the youth church to the main sanctuary because I could not relate as a youth. I couldn't because it just felt like, Hmm. You sit in the congregation, maybe you had a tough week, you had um, so many things going on, and someone as a poor people stand there and completely condemn or completely just, to me, it just, it, there was no connection, and I felt disconnected to Christ himself. So it's like, what's the point? So I decided to go to the main sanctuary where it's, it's more conducive. Yeah. Um, and more, it's it's a more comfortable and safer space. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I, when people tell me I just don't go to church, I I understand where they're coming from. I understand why people feel like the church is not for me. It's for the same. The church is not for me. It's for the elderly or those people who have just made it with Christ. You know, they're like at some level that I can't reach. Yeah. And to me, that's sad. It's really sad that someone would think I need to be at a certain place in order to be saved. People actually think that, and it's because of how the church goes about certain things, um, that I need to be perfect before going before God. I need to have achieved this. I need to um, not be sinful. But really, 
it's you come as you are and it's Christ who enables you to become better. But people will never really see that if the church keeps portraying perfection. Yeah, it's it's just really sad. That's actually a really good point in terms of the whole perfection thing. I remember when I was younger, I always thought that the only time I'll become saved is when I'm older. Like I'll yeah. live my life. <laughs> yeah, like I live my life, do everything yeah. I want to do, and then yeah. for retirement I shall now become a faithful church goer. Exactly. You know, and that's what very many people think. It's pretty crazy because I <laughs> now that I think about it, I actually read this yesterday in one yeah. of my devotions that most people feel that when they be when they gain salvation they're losing their freedom. Yet it's the other Yeah, oh my yeah, that is so true. And that I know really it's true. something that a lot of us are struggling with and that's because somehow I I wouldn't know whether to say it's mainstream church because mm-hmm. if we were to get into the different types of churches that's a podcast on its own yeah but basically majority of the churches especially in kenya or rather especially in africa have portrayed have created this image that you have to be this person you know you have to be this holier than thou person yeah you have to be this person is in the choir, you give time. Yeah, that's very true. You go for funerals, you're always going to check, checking off some list. Yeah, yeah. That's when you're a proper Christian. That's when God will you know what, thumbs up, you are a great son, you are a great yeah. you're a yeah. heaven. And a lot of youth are struggling with this because people, like, there's a huge, Okay, let's start with the fact that there's a huge generational gap between us and our parents. Yeah. Yeah. So here is your parent, they're a faithful churchgoer. They know that, like, from a young age, they were not allowed to question whether God exists. Yeah. They didn't even, let's just, they didn't grow up with the internet. So what was their true question? You know, you, your, your parents said what your teachers went with but when yeah. an age where there's so much happening there's a lot of influence from the outside and the church is not addressing that yeah i struggle with that because i don't understand why why can't we have open conversations about things like the lgbtq you know yeah why can't we yeah. have conversations about marriage and relationships like why should we cringe when we talk about sex yeah, because even seeing it now, I'm just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so can you? Or even when they talk about it in church, like they'll just dance around it. It'll be like you know yeah. that you shouldn't be doing. Don't do it. Okay, let's move on. Yeah. Why are we not having candid conversations about things that are affecting us now? Because as mm-hmm. youth, we're questioning a lot. We are curious. We want to know. Yeah. And it's not, it's not, I don't think there's a problem with questioning your faith. I no. Think a, I think the problem is in how you get, how the response comes. Because mm-hmm. someone asked me, so why do you believe in God? 
if I don't even understand why I believe in God, that's a problem. Yeah. That's a that's problem in itself. And the church is not is not creating a space where such conversations can be had. Instead, people are being shunned. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're apathetic. Or, or, oh, you don't really want to um, talk about God. Okay, then move aside. We shall only focus on the people that understand why something is important to them. That's it. Yeah. And then, like, it's, it's so... And I think one of the problems with this is that we tend to be, as Christians, we tend to be too spiritual, mm-hmm. um, where it, we distance ourselves from our human aspects. So someone comes to you with a problem, and it's a personal problem. Probably they're having, maybe they're depressed, and you're like, God is faithful. You just keep praying. We, are, we, are, we, are, we tend to throw the gospel at people with no connection at all. Mm. And it's that feeling for, I'm saved, I'm righteous, and God is there, and I can quote the entire Bible and throw it at you. But really, there's really no connection. And that's where even having, like like you said, having open conversations about sex, having open conversations um, about marriage and the challenges that the youth are facing, it's difficult to have that when people perceive themselves as spiritual beings that are in some heavenly body and they can't be touched. Um, and then it becomes a problem because then you can't connect or you're, you're behaving as if you don't have a human flesh, which it is, we, we do, we have, we have a human flesh. And if you're saved or not, there are certain things that will affect you. There are certain things that you will go through. I mean, if Jesus was tempted, who are we? We'll be tempted. So even that aspect for, um, and I've had this conversation with a friend before, and I remember being very disappointed. And it touches on the fact um, that you just mentioned about doubting. Um, and we were talking, and I remember she said, those people who go through hardships and then they doubt that God is there. And I remember just thinking, if that's the perception that a Christian has, that you cannot doubt, even in hardships, that you're just supposed to be this perfect being with a perfect relationship with Christ, no bumps, no hitches, smooth ride, it's perfect, it's so then cool. it becomes difficult to see God in the hard places. Because I feel it's when you're going through a hard situation, it's in asking those questions that you find God again. But if you're not even allowed to ask certain questions, or you're not even allowed to have often discussions about sex, often discussions about homosexuality, it's it just creates that distance and that gap between us mm. and the rest of the world. And yes, we are supposed to be set apart, but I don't think that's what it meant by being set apart. It has nothing to do with shunning away people. Um, and actually brings me back to, um, I remember one of my friends is actually lesbian. And I remember someone commented, um, Lydia, so you're a Christian, but you have a friend who's lesbian. Um, and I was like, so so I, I wanted, I completely wanted to understand where this person was coming from. Yeah. So it's just important to understand. Um, 
and he said, I mean, sorry, and she said, you can't be a Christian and be seen around lesbians or mm-hmm. gays or whatever. You need to be um, around other Christians like you. Exactly. Your faithful church girls who ties every single day, who are in the choir and are just diligent with church practices. Um, and I remember I just responded, am I supposed to hate the person or am I supposed to, like, what am I supposed to do? Am I not supposed to be a friend? Um, and they're like, yeah, but, you know, they're simple. And here's the thing. I feel, I do agree that homosexuality is not right. That's one. I will say it, it's not right, regardless of how people look at it and regardless of the justification. Yeah. But at the same time, the individual is not the problem. It's the sin that's the problem. Yeah. Um, and looking, I feel like it's a, it's, a, it's a fight, the homosexuality fight. The church has completely lost that fight because now we are fighting people. We're not fighting the sin. That's now true. it's about how dare you, they're unclean, they're sinful. It's, it's, we lost the fight. We, we, we don't rebuke in love. We just condemn and shame people. And it just makes it hard for people to see hmm. Christ in us. Because there's no love. There's no love anywhere. And how are these people ever going to know about the love of God and know that God is merciful and there is grace if we shun them away and not separate sin and individual because we're all sinful at the end of the day and if God was to be like no you go away you're sinful then how would it end up being so that approach for just condemnation is what I I just I don't know I find it really hard to understand that approach um, I, I really don't. Where I can't be friends with someone who like dare you, dare you, you're burning hell with them. Um, I think it. It's comes, so hard. Sorry, I think it comes from the whole. Cause I I feel like I've been in that position where you're basically the religious police. Yeah, and that's something I personally struggle with as a pastor. Like. I genuinely struggle with the whole religion police because you read the Bible and you understand that, yes, you are set apart and yes, you are in this world, but you're not supposed to be for it. But how to approach people that are, that you can tell, you know that what they're doing is wrong. But you also know that as a Christian, you're meant to approach with love. But what does that mean? You know, um, when you're telling me, yes, it's okay. Like for in your your example is um, your friend is a lesbian. So I do understand where that person is coming from because they're probably not talking from their own understanding, but from something that they've grown up with. Because yeah. the African tradition, or rather the African culture, for the longest time, we've never wanted to, to accept that homosexuality is something that's there. And yet, which is something I learned recently, that 
homosexuality was in Africa, even though I knew this, it's still yeah. at the back of your mind, you're like, mm. yeah, <laughs> kind of forget that part. So yeah. I have a lot of people that are saying, but it's not African. Mm-hmm. It's not, hence, so you tie it in with the whole, my culture already said no, so I might as well also go with the whole religion aspect and say, you're sinning. But I struggle with the part of, okay, so I know, I see that it's a sin. I am not supposed to judge, but how do I approach this person? Yeah. How do I handle this person? And when you said that the church has lost the fight when it comes to LGBTQ matters, I really, I actually believe you because it's only recently that my church started having these conversations. And I remember thinking, wow, I can't believe that this is actually happening. People are actually standing up and saying, you know what, we need to discuss. Yeah. So how do we begin approaching such matters? Mm -hmm. Because yes, we can go the church of today, the church of today, but we are also part of the church. Yeah, because it, I, if I bring in the whole biblical aspect, and not that I'm a biblical scholar, but at the end of the day, mm-hmm. the church is when a group of people are together. Mm-hmm. How do we, as people now, as young people now, begin shifting such conversations? Um, you know, I feel that. The first thing is to accept that it's happening. Like you said, people are in denial of, oh, this is not, yes, it is not the norm. Like I agree, it's not normal for same-sex relationships. But at the same time, we can't fix something that is not broken. If we don't feel like it's not broken, then why would we take action to fix? so I feel like the first thing is to accept it's happening. Yeah. People are um, engaging in same-sex relationships. And you know, the craziest thing about all this is that because of all the information and um, that comes in, it makes homosexuality acceptable. Or they're doing it. Um, now people are all about their rights. So mm-hmm. you kind of it warms you up to the idea that it's not so bad. Um, And I feel like that situation should have awakened the church to understand that there is a real fight here and we can't ignore, and to just sit down and have an open discussion. Um, Because I feel like ignoring a situation won't make it go away. Yeah. Just having an open um, conversation and, and not really from a... I rebuke you, you sinner, but mm-hmm. understanding the core and the root of why does this individual feel like it's okay to be attracted to same sex? And you know, the funny thing about <clears throat> the people that I know who are involved or rather who are homosexual is that most of them yeah. were actually hurt by the church. And most of them don't go to church. So there is, well, not all of them, 
but I remember one, this particular one, <coughs> we're talking, it's um he's gay and so I we're talking about something completely different and it was about relationships and he asked me, So what are your I call them non negotiables. Mm. Um and one of my non negotiables were that my future husband or boyfriend, whatever, has to be spiritually mature. Um, I remember he looked at me and he was like, Lydia, the thought of church and spirituality makes me sick. And I mean, like I was caught off guard. I was just like, wait, what? Um, <laughs> Statement in itself. Sick. Yeah. It just sounds so, yeah, I can feel the emotion. And yeah, I was just like, wait, like, is there something more to this? Um, and this was right after I just found out that um, that he's gay. And so I just listened to him and somewhere along the way, he was hurt by the church. And he said he found out that he was gay around the age of 14. Mm. And during that time, he did seek help in the church. Yeah. And what the church did was like, well, that's not normal go away it's probably the devil and you know all that stuff and no one took the time to sit with him and, and just try and understand what caused this it could be a hurtful situation but he was just rebuked so because he was rebuked he doesn't go to church he doesn't believe, really believe in god and he keeps saying god you know god is busy mm. um and how the church has portrayed himself he feels is a true reflection of how God is because he felt like the church was too busy to deal with his stuff. So that's why he keeps saying, Media God is too busy. Um, and it's hard that people relate mm-hmm. the church behavior to God's character. That's how he feels when it's like, how many other people have tried to seek refuge or maybe they were even molested at a younger age and decided that the opposite sex is not for me because they hurt me and they went to thought for help in the church and they were rebuked so they're like, I might as well because this seems to give me comfort. I'm being rebuked, I'm told, I'm sinful, it's not normal. So for me, I feel the minute we understand um, and accept as Christians that it is happening among us and more and more people are warming up to the idea that homosexuality is a norm and trying to find reasons to justify it, the minute we understand that and just tap into the core reasons why people have decided to engage in it um, and treat these people with love Hmm. um, and not really with this inner, just seek to understand as anyone would want to be understood, which would really help. And, you know, the crazy thing is that I made it clear to him that I just don't agree with homosexuality. It's not like, no. But the craziest thing is, he still kind of confides in me. He doesn't feel, um, I can't go to media. She's saved. She loves Jesus. Uh, I can't, I can't, I can't. Like um, but you still, are someone that you, he can rely on. Exactly. And yet I've expressed that it is wrong. So I do believe the church can have a conversation about homosexuality mm-hmm. and like stand firm by the truths of the Bible and what it says without condemning individuals. Because it's 
like I said, we are attacking individuals and not the scene. So people are just moving away where it's, it's just about the sinful nature and the hell that's coming. So I feel it's very important to approach these situations and approach individuals with love because some of them are, they're hard and True. they just want someone to listen. And maybe some of them are not. They're not hard. There's no dramatic or traumatizing past. Mm. But still, I strongly believe accepting the situation and looking for a way forward, but approaching the way forward with love and not rebuke is a great place to start. I definitely agree because I remember I I was at a, one of the sessions that our church is our church is having, and one of the speakers spoke about um, pornography. And usually who has like pornography, I don't know, let me call them sessions with young Mm -hmm. people where he talks to them about pornography and sexual sin. And one of the people, one of the people from the audience, like at one of his sessions, once he was done, came up to him and said, I've really been struck, told him about his story and said, I've really been struggling with sexual sin. I struggled with masturbation. And mm-hmm. what caught me is what exactly you said. Um, instead of rebuking him and saying, here, read this verse or do this and this, he told him, so when did this start? Yeah. And that for him, when he was explaining it, that for, for the other guy, for now the boy who was struggling, mm-hmm. really amazed him because for the first time, someone was actually interested. Yeah, to know the story. Someone was interested to understand. And that's where we're going wrong. Because like for yeah. me, I know LGBTQ, there was sometimes I kind of felt, there were moments where I felt it was an, it was an overt, it was talked about too much. Yeah. When I really into it, understand like why people are the way they are, I realized it still all comes back to how we respond. Yeah. These people, it's not it's the sin that's the problem, just like you said. Yeah. It's not them. And so the minute you rebuke it's like a little child. If they've done something wrong, the minute you rebuke them, the minute you say something, you shout at them at in that moment, then they're already scared. Yeah. They don't they're already terrified and that's going to remain in their mind. They'll know if I do something wrong, so-and-so is going to shout at me, so-and-so is going to do this. And it just keeps, it's this fear that's inbuilt. Yeah. But if you approach it differently, yes, they've done something wrong, but approach it in a very calm way, though the moments you can't be calm. <laughs> yeah. 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 You approach it in a very calm way, in a way that they don't feel attacked. Because yeah. you can be angry, but you don't attack. Yeah, that's. I think that's the mo- that's the point you begin to win people. Mm-hmm. That's the only way people will begin to listen and will not have their defenses up. And this, yeah. is, it goes. It's not even just about LGBTQ. It's about everything, because then yeah. Christians who are still going back to church, but are not engaging as much. Yeah. 
or I even remember the there's a part in your in your article where you said for when you're looking for basic information on things that really that you're struggling with or things that you want to know more about, it puzzles you that you have to go outside of the church. Yeah, yeah, to find it. To find it. And I know that's something I struggle with. I really am yeah. romantic. <laughs> yeah. So I love everything that has to do with like love, relationships. Yeah. And I'd never understood why we don't, I'd never be called for a session or, I don't know, just have a series where someone would talk to us about, you know what, this is how you should date in a Christian family. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing we get is date Christian boys don't have sex until it's so true, isn't it? Oh my god. Okay, I'm dating this Christian guy. Where Mm -hmm. are you finding him? How should I be a person? Because it's like I'm supposed to be this prepped and primed Christian girl that will all of a sudden attract this man or I will pray for him and he shall appear. And then mm-hmm. thing will be great. Yeah. We're talking about this in between. What about this in between where you have lustful thoughts? Yeah. Exactly. No one tackling those things. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah. So um, and and just mm-hmm. to like add on what you just said on even that aspect of lustful thoughts. Yeah. Um there's so much stigma around the issue of sex with the church where the the aspect of sex is demonized as if God didn't create it. Um, I mean, they've done a great job at telling us sex is for marriage, but they've also done a great job at demonizing it where it's, it's just, oh my gosh, um, have sex. Am I normal? Like, yeah, like it's 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 insane when we the approach and this this just comes down and boils down to the approach that the church has mm. because and I, I think um, I don't know if it's Mike Todd the the pastor who said this or is is it called Stephen Fatick or something? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think he said. <laughs> I think he said. Um, so in church we're told. Sex is bad. No, sex is bad. You won't don't have it. And then the same people say, save it for your husband. So I'm supposed to save something that is bad and evil for my mm-hmm. husband. Who well, I'm supposed to. And like, how does that work? Though? Like, yeah, how does that work? So the approach mm-hmm. of things is it's it's completely off, and no one really knows how to handle certain things. Um, and everything feels sinful, even the things that are not sinful. Because sex in itself is not sinful. Mm-hmm. It's the act outside, it's having sex outside marriage that is sinful. Mm-hmm. But sex, it's actually meant to be enjoyed if you were to in its raw in its um, aspect, yeah, Exactly. It's mm-hmm. it's not sinful. It's the act of it outside of marriage that is sinful. Um, and so I completely agree with you. Like the People just don't know what to do with certain information. I'm just told exactly did a Christian boy, but does that mean anyone who's a Christian is good for me? Um, 
you know, like the, the, it's very gray. Like it's very gray, and it's given to you raw, unexplained, mm-hmm. with no emotion. It's just cold. It's just cold information it's that like you're supposed go, to go figure it out. You're yeah, go figure it out. Figure it out. <laughs> yeah, which is which is sad though. Um, really because weird. also as a Christian, you do face challenges. Um, and especially now with people are having sex. Um, and not people are not really waiting for marriage, so it doesn't help when the information I have is not sustainable. Mm-hmm. When the information I have is sex is I should fear sex and I should not treasure it, you know. Um, and that's why I agree, or or rather, I think that instead of preaching don't have sex, why don't we preach the value of sex, like? Let's just change yeah. the approach because then you're instilling fear and curiosity at the same time. And those two, I don't think they go together though because I'm scared and I'm curious. Um, but then if you teach me this is the value of sex and this is the value of self, hmm. then I can understand why I should not have sex outside of marriage. Because I know my body is the temple of God. And it's not that sex is bad, it's that it's precious. It's so precious, you should preserve it. And you are so worth it that you should wait for someone who deserves it. Um, and just to change the approach instead of, you know, teaching it with the fear of consequences. I, I really don't think that, I think we've really failed. I think the church has really failed in that aspect. I definitely think, yes, you, we shouldn't, they shouldn't teach it. I don't know if I say, I, I should say we or they. <laughs> Ah, okay let me say we we shouldn't because i'm now considering myself part of the church i'm like okay (laughs) we definitely shouldn't look at it from the point of view of consequences like what you said but preaching the value of it but also making it look like this thing that you can look forward to you know how you look forward to your birthday? Well, I personally yeah. look forward to my birthday. Because you know it's a day that you can unapologetically be yourself and yeah. hug and just be like, you know what, it's about me, it's my day, it's a day dedicated to me. So, yeah. yeah. So, why not treat sex the same way? You know? Mm-hmm. Make yeah. it, talk about it, not in a way that we have to hide, because right mm-hmm. now, people are not hiding. People are so open. Yeah, it's so true. It's it's just it's an open discussion. Like, do you know actually that the other day that there is um virgin shaming where really? people don't get where you're virgin and they shame you for it as opposed to how it used to be in the past where oh my gosh, you're not a virgin. It's completely changed. It's oh, oh you're not having yeah. sex yet? Like, is it not what are you eating for me? And yeah, you can't blame them because everywhere you turn, everything is sexualized. If it's it's not exactly. the things you're listening to, the books you're reading, yeah. the movies yeah. you're watching, everywhere yeah. you turn, everything is sexualized. Mm-hmm. If the church is here sitting and thinking, let's not have this conversation, people are going to look out. People are going to look elsewhere. Exactly. And, and that elsewhere is where people now dwell. That's where yeah. sin arises from. And it all goes back to what you said in terms of the whole perfectionist 
image. Mm-hmm. We have this goody two shoes attitude about Christians, and Christians mm-hmm. themselves have it about themselves, which is so strange. Yeah. You're in church, you're a fellow Christian, someone is looking at you like, hmm, we know what you did yesterday. You know? I know. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so true. This goody two shoes that you have to check all this list, all these things mm-hmm. on your list, and that's the only way you can go to heaven, that we forget that being a Christian doesn't mean you're not a human being. It just yeah. means you're a human being that understands that they're yeah. good, they're important. Yeah. And the only way you can survive in this world is with God's guidance. Yeah. And for me, that was such a big revelation because mm-hmm. it literally helped me drop off the chain. Mm-hmm. Felt chained. I remember when I wanted to be. I, I think I've, I. I think I did my prayer of salvation. I think when I was in like class eight or something like that. Mm-hmm. And just the thought of it. Well, you have to remember that I was coming from a point of view of you can only be a Christian when you're old. So there, yeah. I'm thinking yeah. life is done. <laughs> yeah, like it's over. Have, yeah, it's over. I have to be going to church. I just have to be listening to gospel music and that yeah like, I, yeah that's literally how i viewed my life i was like i have yeah. to drop off everything i enjoy yeah and just start doing all living life was so difficult yeah. living life in this holy way where i don't sin so the day i realized it's okay to be flawed yeah it's who you let it's who okay I'm trying to see how to phrase this. It's that understanding of the fact that I'm flawed, but I can't um I can't be perfect without God's righteousness, or rather Jesus, yeah. Jesus's righteousness, yeah, and His grace. Mm-hmm. It was just let's just a weight off my back because yeah. I stopped looking at lists. I stopped thinking I need to be a certain way. And yeah. now, when I stumble, I'm not afraid to go. Yeah. So I'm trying to imagine, here you are being rebuked. I'm just, mm-hmm. if I was rebuked, I'd definitely not go back. Yeah, definitely. that's true. So we definitely have to see how we can change this conversation. Yeah. yeah. I think it's important to keep having them because right now, People like I was listening to a podcast, and these guys were saying how the youth of today are the most knowledgeable because mm-hmm. they are conscious of everything. If if it's politics, they know what's going on. If it's about the yeah. environment, they know what's going on. If it's about religion, and they're not afraid to speak up. Yeah. So I feel like it's time for us as young people. Mm-hmm. We have realized that these are the issues that are in the church, but it's also time for mm-hmm. us to begin speaking up and begin creating spaces where yeah. these conversations can happen. Because if we can't save, if we can't begin creating these conversations, it's just going to be a ripple effect. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I I do agree, especially when you mentioned something to do with um when you went back to perfection. I remembered I was in a certain um, 
praise and worship him. Yeah. And I mean, like I wasn't there for too long, but one of the reasons why I never went back was because of how, let me just say, fake people were. Mm. Um, where it's guys are going around giving their testimony or whatever they've gone through during the week. Um, and there was a certain um, behavior mm. of people giving prosperity stories. Like, they'll be like, you know, guys, um, God has brought me through this and this and this. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, God is mm. great and he can do wonders beyond what we can imagine. But at the same time, there was a tendency to only highlight good things. Um, there was a tendency to only speak about a situation once you're out of the hardship. Hmm. Um, and it just, for me, I just used to sit there and I'm like, are people serious? Why can't we talk about the things that we're struggling with? Um, why can't we start talking about, you know what, you guys, I haven't read my Bible in like six months and I'm struggling with my faith. Mm-hmm. Um, but the conversation was always, God has been great, you guys. God is there. This and this happened. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but also there should be a balance. I feel like there's something wrong with that because it's almost as if God is only good. Yeah. We forget that you can... We, we only talk about the good times. So God is mm-hmm. good when it's good. Yeah. But God is still good when it's yeah. good. So there's yeah. really a problem with that. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that, I don't know, but the people are just comfortable um, with that. And then again, now it creates a perfection kind of an environment where people feel to be a Christian, you have to be perfect. You have to have a certain life. And that's why people think being a Christian is so difficult. It's just too difficult and I can't handle it. Um, And it's do's and don'ts and it's perfection. And and if God is not doing wonders in your life, then there must be something wrong. But people forget trials and temptations are part of it. They come with a package. Mm, that's true. And yeah, and it's and it's and I think I did write about this um in one of my articles where and this was after my dad and I remember writing because I was feeling like because I'm struggling with my faith because I just didn't understand why if God is merciful then why do certain things happen. Um but I also remember feeling like I'm less of a Christian because I'm doubting. I'm less of a Christian because I'm going through all this. I remember that. Um, and I just because and it's because of that I just didn't feel welcome. Mm. Where when you're doubting, I, I I just felt like eyes were on me. Like you said you are a Christian, you said you are strong in faith. So ha, huh, why are you doubting now? Like why are you um doubting God's masses and his goodness? Mm. Um, so I can imagine what that does when you're in that environment when everyone just keeps speaking of good and good and good and it doesn't really help anyone really and where you're not allowed to doubt and ask questions. Yeah, I, I, I definitely feel like this need for change um, and there's a huge gap between what's meant to be and what's actually happening. Mm. 
Yeah. <sighs> like this is a conversation that I like we can just keep like, Yeah, we can go on and on and on. But like my it's been I don't even huh? know what to say because it's le- it's left me feeling so heavy, but in yeah. a good way. Yeah. It's left me feeling the minute I decided to switch from they to mm-hmm. we. Yes. It don't yeah. mean that it's a we problem. Yeah. Problem that we need to solve. Yeah. You can't keep waiting mm-hmm. for the people who are there who are definitely clearly not seeing this an issue. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and also the fact where we just include ourselves in this change. Yeah. Um, not to wait for other people to bring in the change. Yeah. Um, to just you know like take the responsibility and let the change begin with us. Mm. Um, you know, because I also find it a bit ridiculous when we complain about a situation and not do anything about it, mm-hmm. which again reminds me of. One of my lecturers who I'm very, very grateful for, um, one of, I think it's Christianity and Media, one of those classes. Yeah. And he's Mr. I think it's Mr. Mussini, something like that. Um, so I remember he said, we're just all talking in class and we're saying how there's so much negativity that's kind of choking Christianity mm-hmm. and like the word of God. And I remember he just paused and asked, what are you doing about it? Like, fine, it's out there um, with your, even with your Instagram page, with your Facebook page, with your Twitter, whatever it is. Exactly. What are you doing about it? Are you um, amplifying what's already there that you're complaining about? Mm. Um, You're complaining about the content and all the sexuality, but your posts are very much explicitly sexual. Yeah. um, But yet you're, you're complaining. So, and I remember after after he said that, like, yeah, honestly, what what are we doing as individuals? Might have five followers or six followers, but what content are you feeding them? Or are you just like, ah, you know what? It's fine. It's already out there. Christianity is dead. Um, Jesus will come back and go back with no one. I mean, <laughs> like, you know, it's just crazy. Um, uh, yeah, like just taking responsibility and finding a way forward. Um, yeah, and it is a huge responsibility because it has much of space and not easy, mm. but definitely worth it, um, I believe. Yeah. Well, the responsibility is on us. Yeah. And I'm feeling challenged. In fact, I feel like I need to dig a hole and just <laughs> inside there. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like yeah. a huge thing that I'm like, hey, how am I going to tackle this? But yeah, it starts with conversations like this. Yeah, and I'm really Definitely. glad that I got to have this conversation with you in particular. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy <laughs> I had this conversation because I was like, we should we should do something. I actually feel like I am doing something by just being part of this conversation. I mean, such an honor, as I said. Oh, so nice. <laughs> <laughs> this is like I need to tell everyone, you guys. 
I've been a podcast. <laughs> you know how nervous that is? I was like, hey, yeah, what's happening? <laughs> like, I was so excited. Like, I was just like, oh my gosh, change has begun. I mean, a podcast? <laughs> it's not someone to something. Ah, but you, you know what's crazy is that when I started this podcast, mm-hmm. I didn't think, well, these are the conversations I knew I was going to have. Yeah. When I started it, mm-hmm. I kind of retreated back and thought, maybe let me just do personal development things. Mm-hmm. Because yes, I'm passionate about that, but I wasn't sure if I was the right person Yeah. for these things. Because I'm not, like I'd said earlier, this the past three months is when mm-hmm. I started challenging mm-hmm. myself to know Bible verses. So I felt like I'm yeah. not the right person to think mm-hmm. about this. Yeah. But I don't know, that night, considering I, I sent it to you, I think at midnight, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just woke up yeah. like a flood and I was like, what's going on? <laughs> so I don't know what happened that night, but something just told me I need to start having these conversations because I looked back at, I was mm-hmm. through my book where I wrote down the kind of conversations I wanted to have. And I noticed the angles that I wanted to take. And I'm like, yeah. I'm not doing it. You know, mm-hmm. like, here I am. I've finally decided to do this. And yeah. why am I not talking about the things I want to talk about? Exactly. Yeah. Maybe afraid, you know. Like, mm-hmm. God is not expecting me to be perfect, to know it all. Yeah. He's just expecting me to talk about it. Yeah. And oh, that's a really good point, actually. Just wants me to talk about it, whether it's mm-hmm. person to mm-hmm. like not the way me and you are having it, because mm-hmm. most of us don't do things because we feel mm-hmm. there's no yeah. one to see it, or there's no one to yeah. listen to it, or there's no one to read it. Yeah. But we're forgetting that in everything we do, we need to do mm-hmm. for the glory of God. Yeah. And oh, that's true. Yeah. So for me, just having conversations like this, whether a million people listen to it, whether it's just me and you, yeah, it just makes me feel good because I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm putting, I'm actually doing what I wanted to do, but not because yeah. I want to do it, but because God placed it in my heart to do yeah. it. Yeah. And yeah. very... <laughs> yeah. Biblical. But don't you think it's crazy? Yeah. But don't you think it's crazy how we wait for like perfection to do something? I mean like mm. we wait for I need to be ready for this, I need to have everything I need to have before before I do it. But then like you see it's person, yeah. No, yeah, it's not the perfection, it's just you start with what you have and where you are mm. and it's towards and onwards, you know. Um and then from there if if God put it in your heart, then He'll definitely provide and He'll sustain it. So and He'll get um, you through it. Which is yeah, definitely. Because it's not easy to trust. Because mm-hmm. you're like, how do I begin to trust? And I don't even know what I'm supposed to get out of it. Especially for people like me who are very, we want to know everything. You know, I'm not. Yeah. yeah, I'm a person who's like, I need to know how this and this is going to happen and how it's going mm-hmm. to be all mapped out. So, just leaving it to God, 
has been yeah. a struggle for me this year. But mm-hmm. little moments that I have let go and I mm-hmm. see the results remind me of why I should keep letting go. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was also hard man, like rough, especially this year. Mm. It's been up and down, like it's just been a roller coaster. And the days I'm like, um, I don't think um God is going to accept me back this time around. Um, but it's just really um going through the process and understanding that there are times and seasons for everything. True. And I I I'm a firm believer mm. that God doesn't waste situations. He does. Um so even when it's just like I there's so many times I'm just like I'm done. Mm. I could as well just not have faith. It's much easier to not have faith than it is to actually have faith. Mm. Um and the moments I was just like, you know what? I am done. But to just hold on, even though it means you're holding on by a thread. Mm. Um and to keep at it. Um and also if there's something I have learned. Yeah. Being around a circle of believers really helps. It really helps to surround yourself with people who are strong in faith, who are sensitive to the spirit, so that even when like um, you're struggling and you're not paying attention, God can use them to reach you. So it's just mm-hmm. it's crucial to have those people, and also that they pray for you, and of course God will be there. And that circle of yeah. believers is important. I've come to that's true and what's also interesting is god will use anyone actually to reach you yeah so you may not even have your circle of believers but mm-hmm. you may he probably he knows that you spend a lot of time on social media so <laughs> he knows like he knows. you know people think oh i'm hiding when like, i'm hiding everything yeah, it's or like true, true. it's crazy how you can't hide from god it sometimes scares me that i can't hide from him like how are you hiding from the person who did you that's ridiculous <laughs> it is insane he knows everything so he'll use anything and anyone to get through to you yeah and i yeah. find that so amazing because if for example he knows that you love social media mm-hmm. when you're on instagram yeah, someone will can may may post a verse that probably yeah. you, or you just come across a someone, because I know that yeah. like I was I don't even know what I was going through at that time, but I came across elevation, and uh-huh. I feel like I don't even know what I what I've been doing without elevation. Like if elevation mm-hmm. wasn't there, I don't even know. If you don't like it now. <laughs> So God will definitely use anyone and anything to get yeah. to you. It's mm-hmm. just I don't know where I had this, but um I think yeah, I think it's um yeah, um Stephen Fartick. He he mm-hmm. says that God is a gentleman. He's mm-hmm. waiting at the door of your heart. He's mm-hmm. not going to he's not going to like just break in. But yeah, he's knock. yeah. He's knocking at yeah. the door of your heart and he's waiting for you to open. Yeah. Yay, Lydia. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so glad you actually did this. I am. Like, I'm seeing that we're like at an hour and I'm like, if we continue talking. <laughs> so I did have a feeling that we would end up just, it just being very conversational and just bouncing off each other. Um, and not really following our 
structure. Yeah. You know, just, yeah, just going with it and just, yeah, just having fun, really, and as we have um, the conversation. Yeah. And I'm really happy that you did remind me of that because it's so easy, like, for me to just want to keep things to, like, according to the to the script. Yeah. So yeah, like it's just, question one. Just, yeah, it's question one. This is what yeah. you ask. <laughs> you go, of course, you're like, no, 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 okay, let's come back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the fact that you kept reminding me that I just want it to be conversational, I just want it to be conversational, it was yeah. hard. But when mm-hmm. we listened to it, I didn't even need to worry because it, it's you. I remember that yeah. you oh. talk, so it's like, there's nothing to worry about, you know. It's not like yeah. interviewing the president, so you know it's yeah. not. Yeah, it's a Kenyatta. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't be like some Kenyatta business here where <laughs> I'll, I'm being told, okay, you shouldn't have asked that question. No, no, no. So yeah. thank you so much for agreeing yeah. to do this. Thank you so much for being open and yeah. honest about how you how you. Okay. <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> No condemnation. <laughs> you, eh, what's happening? I feel like, okay, this is, I think I've reached my maximum limit of speaking. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> you know how they say women have a maximum limit of speaking? Like the maximum <laughs> word you speak in a day. <laughs> I oh, think that's it. Yeah. <laughs> but thank you so much which is what yeah. let me now put it let me put it well thank you so much because i'm really happy that you are honest about your feelings honest about your thoughts it's not easy to talk about things that are let's say let me not call them controversial but things that people don't really want to talk about yeah. but yeah. stepping up and having this conversation really means a lot and mm-hmm. yeah you have the honors of being the first person Oh, oh my God! But so it stops being me who's just having a conversation with myself, but I'm actually having a conversation with a person. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you so much for having me. We should definitely do this again. I am more than happy to be a guest. Yeah, like I'm all about being a guest now. Like I'm just calling up. Um, <laughs> Yeah, like I'm not all about it. I'm so excited. Actually, I'm in a podcast because I've been lately. I've been obsessed about podcasts. Now I'm in one. Mm-hmm. I mean, amazing. Next thing you know, I'll be a guest at yours. It's that. Oh yeah. 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 It does. Yeah. <laughs> okay. On that note, I want to say a huge thank you to Lydia for coming onto the podcast. A huge thank you to you as well for listening. We really hope you enjoyed this conversation. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Stitcher, it would be amazing if you could leave a review. I would love to know what you think of the discussion and the podcast in general. Also, be sure to subscribe so that you can catch all the new weekly episodes. Thank you so much, and I'll catch you on the next Conversations with N. Bye!